today on the Tearsheet Podcast. It's a great organization. We have over 5,000 members now, and uh, it's I've never seen a group of women on the leadership team who give so much and work so hard for an organization that it's pure, you know, it's, it's completely voluntary. And we have uh, regular board meetings. We have our own Slack channel, email, and we are constantly brainstorming ideas and, and coming up with the next thing that we want to do for our members. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. Today's guest is Nicole Newland. She's the VP of Solutions at Ocrelis which provides fintech infrastructure for data analysis. She runs a team that handles client onboarding and integration. She's also NYC Fintech Women's newest board member. Nicole shares her personal journey as a woman rising through the ranks within fintech, and she also shares her plans to extend NYC Fintech Women's reach through things like education, community, and coaching. Lastly, I asked her for career advice she'd give her younger self. Nicole Newland is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Hi, uh, Nicole Newland. I'm VP of Solutions at Ocrelis. And uh, what that means is I oversee the team that handles all of the client onboarding and integrations, uh, as well as the account management and client success. So we're pretty much the client-facing team of Ocrelis uh, from the very early stages when an account executive is just getting started meeting a client all the way through to contracting and beyond. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a great opportunity for me to, to use a lot of the skill sets from my background. You know, I started out in brokerage and banking and wore a lot of different hats. And it was great to see how all of those skills transitioned nicely into fintech, particularly with startup. I found that a lot of the relationship management organization and, and some of the other important you know, avenues that we would go down to create structure in various fintechs were very valuable. And it was, uh, it's been great to be able to leverage those skills. And what, what was that transition like moving into fintech um, personally or career wise? You know, I, I literally fell into it. I didn't know that much about it. I uh, left the structure, you know, the, the sort of bureaucracy, if you will, of large organizations and asset management and decided to start consulting on my own. And I was fortunate that I had a lot of connections having been around the block for a while and knowing a lot of different people in large organizations who knew people who had started fintechs and startups. So a friend of mine who I'd worked with forever ago was working at Quovo and they were looking for someone to come in and help create structure around a lot of the large enterprise clients that they were getting, beginning to bring on board. And I met with Lowell Putnam, the CEO at the time, and really hit it off. And he allowed me to come in and consult and cut my teeth on it a little bit. Also gave him a chance, I think, to see if I, if I could really kind of shine in a startup environment, having never been in that. And, you know, the first, the first year was, was great. I, I learned so much. I felt like I was 22 again, racing around like a maniac. Learn, you know, learning terms I didn't know, whether it be something to do with API integrations or some new term a millennial used that I had to look up because I didn't know what they were talking about. So all of that kind of came to a crescendo. And I, you know, I came out the other side from Quovo and, and signed on to be a VP there and uh, stayed on through the Plaid integration or sorry, acquisition. And uh, thought to myself, this is, this is where it's at for me. I love it. I love the energy. I love the ability to, to create structure, but do it in such a way that you can stay flexible and fun. 
and I love uh, the, the people that I work with at Oculus. I just couldn't say enough about. And, you know, that's also how I fell into, um, you know, NYC FinTech Women, which has been an organization that I've really enjoyed as well. So before we get into NYC FinTech Women, um, interestingly, do you, do you end up selling into a lot of the same organizations at Oculus um, that, you, that you came from in a way? Like, is that, is that part of the value you bring to sort of this role? You know, I do. Uh, I do end up in some of the same organizations, but a lot of times, you know, I, I'm meeting with people I've never met before, mm -hmm. but what is the common ground is the larger organizations. There's just a structure to things. You know, there, there's a meeting, there's a cadence, there's a process around proper integration and management. And, and that expectation, whether you're a startup or not, is, is what these large organizations are looking for. And they appreciate the nimbleness of startups and they appreciate the ability to be truly innovative, but they still want to know that there's someone, you know, keeping, keeping things organized, the checklist, making sure that we're getting to the end of the road that we agreed to that's in the contract, that all of the nuts and bolts and all of that is being handled properly. And, and frankly, when they have a meeting and they need someone who's going to present where they are, that they have, uh, you know, someone to, to bring to the table for that. So I found that to be a transition, no matter what organization I'm, I'm talking to, whether it's someone I've met before or not, they're, they're looking for that, uh, you know, that, that sense of establishment around the, around the process. That makes a lot of sense. Um, can we talk about, I guess, how you first got involved with NYC FinTech Women? Sure. You know, when I, when I started at Quovo, um, I, just noticed at Quovo itself, there were just a ton of really talented young women who were just getting started in their career. And a lot of them had never worked anywhere but Quovo, to be frank. And we started building a, a team within ourselves of, you know, meeting regularly and talking and book clubs and just kind of building a, an environment where we could have some camaraderie, uh, particularly with women who, you know, we had one woman engineer. So, a lot of the women at Quovo tended to be on other teams. So it was a great way to, to kind of organize ourselves. And in doing so, one of the women at Quovo, who uh, is a co-founder of uh, NYC FinTech, Sasha, she and I were very good friends. And I joined the organization because I was looking for a broader network myself. Um, I was looking for people similar to me who also had transitioned into FinTech maybe because I could definitely use some coaching and guidance and mentoring. Uh, there were times that I wasn't sure if I was making the right move. Uh, and, and I didn't really have anyone around me to really ask those questions. I had a lot of professional men around, which would be great. But being a woman in FinTech, it's just a little different. So I joined the organization and loved it and started going to events. And um, last year, Sasha and her other co-founder, Michelle, just asked me if I'd be interested in, in joining the board and really helping build out the New York uh, sort of, you know, experience, if you will, particularly with Michelle moving to San Francisco and, and starting a, an effort there. And so it's been, it's been a load of fun. And it's a, it's a great organization. We have over 5,000 members now. And uh, it's, I've never seen a group of women on the leadership team who give so much and work so hard for an organization that it's pure, you know, it's, it's completely voluntary and we have uh, regular board meetings, we have our own Slack channel, email, and we are constantly 
brainstorming ideas and, and coming up with the next thing that we want to do for our members. That's awesome. And, and congratulations on that appointment. Um, do you find um, that FinTech has its own particular nuances of some of the challenges, uh, gender challenges, I guess, that, that may be unique to FinTech that you haven't you didn't necessarily experience before? That's a good question. You know, I think when I, I feel like the challenges are similar and that's been what's surprising to me. I think coming from a very traditional financial services brokerage background, I was you know, used to being the only woman at the table or the only woman in a management meeting or, or whatever. And, and I thought that that was just a, <clears throat> just sort of something that happens in that world because it's, it's the only world I ever knew, right? So I made the assumption that in fintech and startup, it must be totally different because everyone is so young and cool and, you know, everybody is so innovative and, and they're not worried about the things we worried about in traditional world. They're, they're thinking about the client, very client focused and very much about culture and making sure that people feel comfortable at work and such. So my surprise, I think, has been that it's still a very similar kind of thing where it's still a small group of people. And when you go to hire and build out your team, it's a natural thing that you look within the group that you know, whether it's the board that is supporting you or the venture capitalist firm or your environment of people you went to school with. Uh, you know, if you're not actively recruiting outside of your scope, then it's the same sort of scenario. So, so that's one piece that surprised me. And then the second piece, uh, no matter how hard, and, and we've tried this at Oculus and Quovo too, no matter, no matter how hard we're looking for women uh, in engineering or data science, it's very, very hard to find, you know, to, to just find women or just diversity in general. It's just, uh, it's getting better, but there's still a lot of work to be done. And I think that's part of where I see things like Girls Who Code, or some of the other organizations in, in environments where maybe you know they're disenfranchised financially, where these organizations are sprouting up, trying to teach skills in fintech and startup. Because I, you know, I don't think it's fair to say they need to do a better job recruiting without saying that we also need to, to try to do a better job educating a diverse population. I guess that's a good segue into my next question. You, you alluded in, in one of your previous answers to some of the new plans you had for, the, for NYC Women Fintech. Um, can you share those with us? Like what, what are your plans for expanding it or going deeper into some of the things that you're providing for the community? Sure. Um, well, you know, like everyone else, we had big plans <laughs> and right. then we had this fun pandemic. But uh, what's happening now is, uh, one, we are still very much interested in starting uh, a San Francisco chapter we believe that there, while there are similar chapters, we believe that with the mission of, uh, you know, FinTech women about mentoring, coaching, collaborating, a group of people where, you know, it's not a, it's not a Christ to enter. It's more about thought leadership and how we can blend having fun with really being, um, you know, providing education and at the same time helping people network and get jobs. Like these are important things. We feel like we can do that in San Francisco as well. So that's, that's definitely a focus. Um, you know, within our organization here in New York, we have talked a lot about really expanding the mentor program. We've recognized from polling our members and asking questions 
that everyone has a different reason that they're coming to, to NYC, um, you know, FinTech Women. Some come because they're looking for people similar in their age, similar to what I did, and you're trying to find them and network, and we need to do a better job of connecting those people. Some people are, uh, you know, frankly, just looking for jobs, and we have managed to really uh, connect people looking with people who are, um, you know, who are hiring, but we need to expand on that. We have a jobs board that we really are trying to, to get much more, uh, you know, innovative and really doing some connections and, and, you know, coffee talks or chats or ways that we can connect better so that it's not just a crapshoot that you hope that the person who's hiring happened to come to the event, uh, you know, that, that the person was attending. And uh, right now, we're also exploring uh, a whole virtual sort of concept as well, where we can collaborate with other uh, organizations that might bring skill sets that we, are, we don't necessarily have in our membership um, and figure out a way that we can do TED Talks, roundtables, things of that nature while we're in this sort of virtual environment. So we've been very heads down on that. Uh, we've built a Lendit, with Lendit, we built a mentoring program, which already kicked off a few months back, uh, which is kind of remote now. And then we also started uh, office hours with one of our uh, members who's a, a lead counsel to give free legal advice for women founders um, and such who might be looking to do some sort of startup, but they need some basics. Our thought there is that, you know, maybe that kicks off another round of sort of founder roundtables where those women who are looking for each other, we can connect them and create, um, you know, some sort of camaraderie for them. So it's, it's a lot about, you know, we, we've got a lot of great women and a lot of great data. So a lot of the focus is how can we better connect people so that they're getting what they're looking for in the organization. And uh, that's been something we've been really spending quite a bit of time on. And I guess, uh, just to be clear, um, is there a component that also involves um, bringing more of hiring or hiring organizations into the fold as well? Or are they represented by women uh, already in, in, their, in their field there? Well, that's a great question. It's actually one of the things we were pivoting on just last week. We have relied a lot on, um, you know, one, when we have an event, which we usually do two or three a month, uh, we make sure that we highlight whomever is hosting the event, uh, one of our sponsors, we highlight uh, what, what roles they're looking to fill. So we make sure we kind of curate through the list and say, you know, hey, for example, we're going to be, uh, we're doing a, a, a co-sponsored event with Oculus and they are hiring for the following 20-some positions. So please come if these are of interest to you. We'll make sure that there's someone there who can talk to you about what they're looking for. So at the event itself, we always work hard to highlight that. Um, but exactly as you said, the jobs board, as well as the hiring entities, um, one of which we talked to last week, is an area that we want to really um, beef up on because I think that, that they're looking for talented women and we have the talented women. <laughs> so we need to connect better to those organizations. And that's part of uh, what we're hoping this new virtual program that we hope to launch soon will will provide that support got it and in the remaining time that we have um i'm curious what you would what type of advice you'd give to your younger self in terms of navigating your career and moving within fintech you know i it's funny i've got quite a few women ask me that question um because i 
just have a lot of women I talk to looking for career advice, which is, which is delightful for me because I find it funny that they think that I would have these answers, <laughs> but maybe with age. You always know more than someone else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess. Um, you know, the advice is, because uh, I made this mistake, right? Like the advice is don't just don't think people know what you want to do or what you're interested in because of your actions. Now, I, I often would think, and I can think to a handful of times in a job that I had where I thought, you know, I am just killing it. I am doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. And I really expect that I'm going to, you know, get that next job or they're going to tap me for that project or to go to that operating committee meeting because I am really doing all the things that I should be doing. And a lot of, several times I didn't get the opportunity and I found out later after in one particular incident, I just quit the job. I was so frustrated with it. And I found out later that no one knew that I had aspirations for any of the things that I was conjuring up in my mind. And I confused hard work uh, and not speaking up, right? I thought that it would just be obvious to everybody. And, you know, it's also hard, I think, to just put out there what you want, whether it's negotiating for a higher raise or a different job or whatever, but just do it. What's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say no. Well, who cares? Your ego gets a little bruised. What difference does that make? Welcome to life, right? Your ego is going to get bruised all the time. But looking back, I, I can think of just several examples where I just wonder if I had just said something, if it could have had a completely different um, you know, different kind of events. And I just chose not to. Interesting. Nicole, thank you very much for joining us on the Tearsheet uh, podcast today. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me.